future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Thank you, and welcome to Live, Love, Thrive, the Women's Empowerment Hour. I have two incredible guests on today, uh, Anne Baroque and Elaine Hall, and uh, I'm just very grateful and very just very fortunate to know these two ladies. Uh, they are the epitome of giving back is what really brings happiness and that the challenges we have in life usually are what lead us to our life's purpose. And that's the case with both of them. Uh, for Later in the show, we're going to have Elaine Hall, who created the Miracle Project, which uh, is the focus of an Emmy award-winning HBO documentary called Autism the Musical. But first, First, we're going to meet Ann Barak, who is the author of The Candida Diet. Uh, she contracted MS, multiple sclerosis, at a very young age and was bedridden for a long time and, and didn't even think she was going to make it. And then she learned to holistically heal herself, and now she helps heal people all over the world. Please welcome the incredible and wonderful friend of mine, Ann Barak. Hi, Catherine. It's a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. I know you're here in L.A. from New York, and uh, so happy to have you back. This is really your hometown. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your story is so amazing and so inspiring, and I'm so happy that you're going to share it with everybody today. Um, let's start with the very beginning uh, of how this journey began for you. Uh, tell me a little bit about your 20s and how this all started to manifest. Well, it goes a little fa a little earlier than the 20s, but quickly, I was someone who was the poster child for illness. I was a sugar addict and had many antibiotics, and by the time I was 18, I had um, rotted every tooth out from too much sugar, and I also had, I was immune to penicillin by the time I was nine, I had had so many antibiotics. And when I was 18, wow. I had the kissing disease, mono, yeah. and the doctor said, well, just rest. Well, I never got better. And through a very short span of time, I saw several specialists. I was on more than 20 different medications, and I was really toxic from the side effects. And it was at that time I came across Dr. William Crook's book. It was The Yeast Connection. He was the second MD to popularize this. And it's hard to trust a guy named Crooks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? So anyway, um, you know, I took... born with that name. <laughs> <laughs> so I took the questionnaire and I cried. It was yeah. every symptom I had. And it's oh a yeast gosh. overgrowth that I think is epidemic in today's world. And I followed And what this, kind of questions did it ask you, just out of curiosity? You know, have you ever taken a course of antibiotics? And do you have brain fog? And do you have depression? And do you, you know, I was just... Everything, everything about me it was everything on the list was hitting it and mm -hmm. particularly based on my history and so you don't think you were born uh just like an ill child or person you, you think that it it cultivated over um our our cultural things like your environment and the things you were eating and absolutely i think yeah. that you know we all have genes and but it's really more about the epigenetics it's more about the expression of those genes and turning them off and on based on what you eat 
what yeah. you think, right. how you manage stress, et cetera. So right. absolutely, if you looked back at my history, I was type A and I was, you know, high stress. Was or is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an A minus now. <laughs> I'm working on B plus. It takes one to know one, Exactly. Right? <laughs> So, and then it was just that I got better than at 18. I followed mm-hmm. this for a year. I followed the protocol of an anti-candida diet to starve off yeast overgrowth. And we all have this. It's just you have to have an imbalance in your GI tract and throughout the body. And I took an antifungal drug called Nilstat powder. And when I got better, I just thought, okay, I can go back to my life and my ways. But I didn't realize that I had to maintain balance. Mm-hmm. And at 24, I was in a restaurant. And to you, it looked like I had a conscious epileptic attack. And within two weeks... Doctor says, well, great news, you don't have cancer. Bad news, you have multiple sclerosis. We have chemotherapy and get and ready for the wheelchair. And how old were you when they told you that? 24. 24, they're telling you you're going to end up in a wheelchair. And chemotherapy. And I looked at my mother and I said, I don't even really know what this is. I know it's considered incurable, but if I take this drug, I'm not going to make it. So will you support me and get me out of here? And I didn't even know and what I was And this was your intuition on. telling you this. Correct. Because I, I think there's no better guide than what our insides tell us. Absolutely. Yeah. And was I petrified? Yes. For the next four years of a very intense, tumultuous journey of surviving a near-death experience and suicide attempt, I came to the conclusion of figuring out that path to heal my body. And that mm-hmm. consisted of going back to ch- uh, taking care of candida overgrowth, taking minimal supplementation, working on emotional mental factors you know i definitely was a perfectionist and didn't feel good enough from childhood and i also I took that's out pretty common very common particularly yeah. in autoimmune disease right and then i took out 16 silver fillings without any novocaine or anesthesia because i would have an attack but that mercury that's part of those silver amalgam fillings was you know poisoning me and and how did you discover this about candida and how did uh, and mercury and things how, did you just read a lot did you do research uh, well i wasn't very mobile in the beginning the first 8 months i was having those attacks so there was very little literature you have to understand this was in the and you were bedridden early, for the basically, I could get to my bathroom and back to the couch, but I had such extreme exhaustion and nervous fatigue and tremors and spasms, and it was, yeah. So basically, wow. for eight months, I just cried, even right. though I was feeling some way, and particularly after the near-death experience is right. when I hooked in to know I had a purpose here and mm-hmm. I was somehow going to make it. Mm-hmm. But it came back from Dr. Crook's work. So, I so went, you literally did think, this these challenges I'm having are going to lead to my life's purpose. Somewhere inside yourself, you kind of thought that? No, I don't think at that time I did. I right. knew that after the near-death experience that there was no way I was going to exit this body at 24. Right. It wasn't my time to go. But there was and, something greater for you to do here. And yeah. that I couldn't live in the gray zone. There was no way I was going to live in this body debilitated. Mm-hmm. So it was all or nothing. My proclamation to the universe was take me out or get me all the way better. And right. it was through... You didn't want an in-between. No. Right. Because I didn't, I was, it yeah, was who wants scary. to live on the earth if, feeling not great? Yeah. If you can't breathe, swallow, move, think properly, uh, that's not, you know, yeah, the basic good times. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, there was one book out there by Judy Graham called Multiple Sclerosis that gave me a little bit more insight. And between that and having read Dr. Crook's book, and then uh, that was really the path in which I, I had a medical intuitive step into my life. And those were really my guidepost and how I got well. And it was really just tenacity. And how long was that journey? Four years. Four years. Four years to health. Four years to health. Yeah. I'd say from hell to health. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then it was I left Los Angeles. I was in the record business and it wasn't my passion. And I moved to Taos, New Mexico, and I really realized I had solidified my healing. And it became clear to me that I wanted to write my story. Wow. 
So that was the beginning of writing your first book, which was... Healing Multiple Sclerosis. Right. And that's really for anyone with autoimmune disease. Yeah. And then it just really went into realizing I want to help others heal. And so I moved to Seattle for a brief time, back to L.A. and started my schooling. Uh-huh. And I'm a nutritionist and a naturopath, hypnotherapist. I've, you know, I love learning. I'm very eclectic. And I've been practicing now 18 years and seen thousands of clients. Wow. So after writing that book uh, about healing yourself, you then did what's probably your most popular book to date, which is The Candida Diet. The Candida That's Cure. what you're most known yes. for, I think. And uh, you decided to put that into a book form so people would know what to eat and what to do in order to heal themselves, not just from MS, from what I understand, but from any autoimmune deficiency disease. Yes? Well, the Candida Cure is really for more, much more than autoimmune. It's for everybody I see. It's the platform and how I get people well. Mm-hmm. I discovered the longer I was in the trenches, there were common denominators that people were suffering from. Mm-hmm. And we hear everything about you know the microbiome and the gut and bacteria and bar- parasites and SIBO, but no one's talking about the microbiome, which is the fungal part of the gut the yeast part and I feel that's an epidemic Mm -hmm. and so I realized everybody was pretty much dealing with yeast and Mm -hmm. then I realized blood sugar imbalances come in initially adrenals are zapped from too much stress the liver gallbladder which I call the oil filter was clogged Mm -hmm. and I started to you know put this program together of an Mm -hmm. anti-candida diet detoxification and I'm really able to get most anybody that's not a chronic condition well in 90 days wow and and you think uh it's what we're eating and what's in our food and things like that and our culture of being sedimentary and all of these things that lend itself to people not being well. Absolutely. I yeah. think we're living in one of the most toxic times. We're not eating food right now. We're eating chemicals in this country, mm-hmm. whether it's in the food supply or just environmental. Uh, we're not balancing stress the way we mm-hmm. need to. I mean, and does the candida diet get people away from that? Absolutely. You're right. going to stay off of, you know, hopefully as many genetically modified foods. You're going to pull things such as alcohol, corn, sugar, dairy, gluten, which means, yes, there's still stuff to eat. But what I love, and I thought this was brilliant, is you just came out with your third book, which is uh, the Candida Recipes. Yes. And I thought that was just brilliant because, you know, it's tough for people to follow that diet, but you've actually made it uh, so much easier by giving wonderful, palatable uh, recipes so that people can do the diet. Well, it took me a long time because I had to find the right chef. And Alison Charbonneau was amazing. And, you know, it came through a health, another little health crisis of my own. And then I found her. And that's what everybody had asked me for. Can you please give me more recipes? Because it's really not about deprivation. What people need to know, because the times are so toxic, this is more about personal accountability and you have a carnal body. Yes, you might have spiritual body, emotional, but if you don't take care of this house, it will crumble and everybody wants quality aging. Right. So when you take it just in 30 day increments, it's not, and it, it goes by so quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you hit the reset button and now you have clarity of mind and you have energy and vitality, in and my who doesn't opinion. want to feel better? Exactly. Yeah. And so, so you're the, not looking at it as deprivation. You have to look at it as, oh, wow, this is great. I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to do better. My life is going to feel better. I'm going to feel happier. So look at all the positives of it. You're look, basically, yeah. I tell people. And it's not horrible either. I mean, no. you, you have these wonderful have recipes desserts. to make it yes. awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. There's desserts. And the key is you're removing infection inflammation from the body. So mm-hmm. make it more clinical in your head. And the recipes, you know, people thought, 
thought they could never have bread. Well, now there's breads in the in the candy to cure cookbook. Oh, Oprah will be happy about that. <laughs> She's like, I gotta have that bread every day. Exactly. <laughs> I'm with that with her. <laughs> and desserts and sauces. Yeah. I don't like food boring, yeah. so I really put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And now you don't have to ever see me in office or through Skype. It's all available now between the candy to cure and the candy to cure cookbook. It's right. all right there. For but you. if somebody did want to reach you directly, then it's annbaroque.com. Correct. You're right. And yes. I think that's on the screen. So, but they can pick up your books. They can go to your website. Mm-hmm. They could actually make an appointment to Skype with you. And I know you speak all over the world, so people have an opportunity to see you in person. You're going to be, I'm so excited, at the Live, Love, Thrive Conference in November, November 12th here in West Hollywood, and uh, going to be on the web series panel uh, where we are showcasing 10 amazing women like yourself that are just doing awesome work in the world. So I'm very excited about that, of course. Uh, we're rolling out the premiere of that web series actually at that event. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, So uh, let's talk about all the good work that you're doing. Um, I know you help people around the world. One of the women, we actually have a video of her progress, and I'm very excited to share that with everybody. Uh, She's actually in Spain, yes? Correct. And I'm going to let you tell her story. Sure. She's a client of mine. Well, she wasn't a client. Um, She found my book. And she's been in a wheelchair for over 15 years. And she started to apply the protocol. And she reached out to me to say, you've basically changed my life. And I'm improving and I'm healing. And now if you look at this video, she's now walking. Right. And she sent us a video. Are we playing that? Um, and she didn't walk for 15 years. Correct. And this is a video of her. I know she sent you a progression of them, like after three months, after six months, after a year. This particular one is after two, twenty. I think it's after twenty-two, 22 months. months, and she's walking. I mean, and it's amazing yeah. because not only is she walking, but she started a support group called the Candida Killers, that's on Facebook, and it's we've had graduates, and she's co-founded it with another woman, and they've just done wonderful things that I wanted to have time to reach out, but now there's a support group for people with autoimmune and chronic conditions, and it's I mean, it's just exploding. Wow! And there's so many They're more people creating a yes, movement around correct. your book, and I'm yeah. thrilled and honored. Yeah. So she started a group there, and it has people not just with MS, but all sorts of autoimmune deficiencies um, that are having problems, and they're all helping each other now. Correct. That's it's awesome. it's around the world, and even chronic disease, they're expanding because they're having more requests. And, you know, that was the toughest part for me, is the isolation. This information, social media, this wasn't around when I was dealing with MS, so right. I would have... So you didn't know where to look? No. There was nothing to and it made the journey reference. so hard. Yeah. You know? So I'm so touched and um, just so grateful that it exists. That's really cool that she's making a support group because, you know, all the research shows that people that surround themselves with community and support and love are much more likely to heal also. So that's so cool that your book led to them creating this community yes. of people helping each other. And oh boy, there's a there's a whole nother show. We have to <laughs> talk about all the people that it's helped there in that yes. group. Yes. Yeah. And then also, I know you have a patient that came from Mexico here to the States uh to, to do your program for 90 days. And well, this I'd love to hear that, you share that story. Uh, you know, I love what I do because not only do I get to see people get well, but it really transforms into the, what they continue to do. This was a case in which she was from a very poor region in Mexico. 
her family saved up as much money as they could to fly her to stay with her cousin in Los Angeles to see me. And she stayed here for maybe six months. It probably took her 15 to 20 minutes to even get up to the second floor through the elevator to get to see me. She was in so much pain and on a walker. And she was in her 20s and she didn't speak English. And, and she had MS? She had multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And I basically, we worked together and I said, you want to, on the first visit, I said, what is it you want to do again when you're able to walk and be free of pain? I want to dance with my daughter. So I worked with her. She and we healed. have her picture. She healed yeah. and then she came for a follow-up and she came with her daughter and her daughter hugged me. Oh, <sighs> wow. I can't even imagine. And just said thank you thank for... You. Um, Helping her mom. Yeah, and she goes, now I can dance with my mom. Oh, my gosh. So she went from this extreme pain to barely walking to being able to dance. Yeah, and I know you've done that personally for a friend of mine. So um, not only do I know that these stories are, are real, but I actually have a friend of mine, Leanne Sarkissian, that you have helped uh, who could barely walk across the room and now she's in dance competitions from having uh, studied your candida diet and worked with you um, so I have I know a personal friend that you've helped and thank you for that I mean my pleasure um, I mean that's, yeah. that's the beauty is that you know we there's so many options and just because I'm more more in an alternative means doesn't mean that we're all not marrying this together meaning there's a place for Western alternative and part of my passion is for us to work together because mm -hmm. with the level of toxicity, people, one out of two have cancer, one out of five have an autoimmune disease. We are not mm -hmm. in good position right now. Right. So we need everything we can and we need to work together. And I've just had an extraordinary ride of watching so much success in my life and watching people not only heal, but then it's they have the energy to do what they're really passionate about. And that's why I wake up every morning. Well, I just love that you're aligning with a, a, a huge book company. You're going to be doing, I know, tours and appearances all over on television and speaking. And you're only just getting started, Anne. And uh, thank God that you listen to your insides and you're giving back to the world what you've been gifted to do. Because you could have just kept it to yourself and said, hey, I'm, I'm well now. I'm going to continue <laughs> doing them. You could have continued being in the sure. music business or sure. doing whatever. Yeah. But the selflessness of it is really that you've said no i'm going to use what i've learned to help other people and ugh, isn't that extraordinary it's I mean, what it's all about you that, know we're in this together and that's i think it. That, and it brings uh, the most happiness uh, to 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 do what it is we're here to be meant to be doing i know a lot of people are trying to figure out well what is my purpose and typically it is something that uh, attaches to the challenges that we've had in our life and Obviously, that's the case for you. Right. Yeah. Well, I know now you um, are, are really into um, also like uh, supplements and things like this. Like I know some people, you know, they're like, hmm, I don't know if I need supplements. But right. tell us a little bit about that. I know you're a big fan of that. What, what do supplements do? And, and how is all this going to what we eat and, and all these things impact uh, our aging and our stress? Because I know that's two important things to you that people need to, I mean, stress is what causes disease, so it's gotta be important. Uh, how do we, uh, you know, address that? Sure. And then also, how do, we, how do we age gracefully? I think that 
you know, I'd love to say if we lived 50, 60 years ago, you wouldn't talk about a supplement. So first you want to go to your food. Your food, try to get as much non-genetically modified food and organic, obviously, and be more selective. The biggest foods that are going to inflame the body the most mm-hmm. are that, sugar, alcohol, dairy, gluten. So if you can start to just slowly implement and start to make changes to stay away from them, become conscious. Mm-hmm. But because we want to age with vitality, I think we need some of the basics. You need a great multivitamin and mineral, some extra vitamin C and E and fish oil for the brain. And I like a superfood called nanogreens. I think mm-hmm. it's filled with spir- spirulina and chlorella, so it's starting to move out all the heavy metals and everything that we're getting exposed to through mm-hmm. our water and our air. And, you know, stress is the number one body breaker, stress mm-hmm. and fear. So even if I I'm have so somebody- happy we have none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not, right? Uh, but the reality is, is that even if you're subscribing to eating healthy and mm-hmm. you're taking supplements, I still find stress will trump it. Mm-hmm. You know what I find interesting? I Just when I was listening to you, I'm thinking you're saying no sugar and no this and no that, no that. And um, I would think... Uh, we got to start like a, a movement that says, hey, you can eat this and this and this and this yes. and this is healthy for you. Like all the things that we can eat. Absolutely. Because I think like people get so freaked out like you can't eat this, this and this. But let's focus on what we right. can eat. That's awesome. Well, and that's know? a good point because when yeah. I say those are the better things to avoid, when I have someone go through the protocol for 90 days, I open up the food list and say, just have a new balance point now. So 80% of the week, try to stay more to an expanded anti-candida diet and once or two, twice a week, dip in. Enjoy yourself. Right. I'm not asking people to be monks. Right. But the truth is what you can eat are a ton of vegetables and you know there's fruits and there's you know nuts and seeds and you know clean meats that are grass-fed and pasture-raised. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're getting back to food. That's the issue here is that we eat so many processed things that it's not even food. If you see, pick up something and there's a paragraph of ingredients, that is not food. That is chemicals. Right. So start to read stuff. But I agree with you. It's all about what you can do versus what you can't. It's just for aging with quality, you have to have some consciousness about what goes in your system because trash in is trash out. Right. And then balancing the stress comes down to... Having accountability to move out of denial, to recognize what you feel, what you think, where do you put your attention? 75% of people's thoughts are negative and fear-based. Right. So the way you start to address that is just using different mind mechanics, meditation, uh, affirmations, being more conscious of what you think and replacing it with something better. Right. You know, people that are struggling with post-traumatic or a lot of anxiety use emotional freedom technique. That's an amazing, it's called EFT, it's a tapping technique. Mm -hmm. It came out of people that were uh, vets that were dealing with Mm post-traumatic. There's so many modalities, I mean, stuff that I would have died for when I was healing that are available and accessible. And I think what people need to realize, this is the day and age we can talk about everything. Right. You're not alone if you're depressed. You're right. not alone if you have anxiety. Right. It's the time you can share and right. you can find the support that you need. Yeah. And you know how Oprah says, uh, if you know better, you do better. So yes. all we have to do is educate ourselves on you know, what we know so that we can do better. And by doing that, we're going to have a happier, healthier, more interesting life, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at your life. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I have a whole second half to go and I'm excited That's to right. see what I can create. And Yeah, me too. I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to follow you. I'm a big fan. And uh, I just think uh, you're an extraordinary woman. And I think it's so awesome that you're tapping into what you're meant to do and allowing yourself to be a conduit to that. And that's a beautiful thing. 
Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm honored. Thank you for recognizing that. Thanks for being on the show. And I hope everybody visits annbarock.com and uh, takes a look at your books and uh, follows you. And, you know, for the lucky ones, they get to Skype with you or meet you like uh, I'm so fortunate to do. So keep doing the great work and keep making a difference. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back with Elaine Hall. Do you want to have more passion and purpose in your day-to-day? Are you yearning to ignite your power within? Now, more than ever, the world needs women who dream big, inspire others, and are living their greater purpose. There's never been a better time to up your game and make your success happen now. Contact Danny Rukin for a complimentary consultation and find out more about how you can become more effective, energized, and empowered while making a difference in doing what you love. Go to www.dannyrukin.com The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Elaine Hall. Hi, Elaine. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Applause. (laughs) We do this in sign language for applause. Oh, that's cool. Um, Elaine, I'm so happy to have you on today's show. for the folks at home, what I want to do before we talk about the incredible miracle project that you are the founder of, I, I want to talk to like your background and how you got to this point. So first, um, I know I read your book, which oh, I loved. Thank uh, you. The um, Now I See the Moon, mm-hmm. beautiful book. Thank Everybody you. should read it. Um, and I know you started off in D.C., which is interesting because that's where I started out in D.C., <sighs> And I know that uh, you mentioned in your book about, about because you're Jewish, feeling like a little bit of an outsider. And I always think life is like a puzzle. It's like everything that happens in our life, we don't know why it's happening at the time, yeah. but then it all comes together in the end and, and like a puzzle. That each piece of that life served its purpose. And for you, I think it was that feeling like an outsider that lends itself to how you uh, feel with the uh, autistic kids that you help today. Am I right? It's so beautifully put. And Catherine, that's exactly uh, how I feel. And when I was writing my book, it seemed like all paths of my life led me to where where I am today. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Uh, I feel the same way. Uh, yeah. Being a, a gay person, um, that I have a lot more compassion for all types of people, all right. ethnicities, and all sexualities, and 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 it makes me more sensitive for that very reason that you're talking about. Because yeah. if you've been there, that you've been considered an outsider, then you have more of a compassion for that. So, right. So, so what seemed like a terrible thing, probably as a kid ends up being a wonderful thing that you bring to the table later in life for what you're doing now. Absolutely. So for me, um, one, I I had a very religious um, Jewish background. (laughs) Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah. And um, but we lived in a very um, non-Jewish area. So already 
I was a kid who celebrated Hanukkah at home yeah. and Christmas out in the world with my friends. Right. So I felt a little bit different. I was also right. very petite, very yeah. small. Yeah, well, that's and, good. Yep, yeah, was very good great. come in small packages, well, not I that, always say. My dad was 5'3", and he used to say, you know, that um, anyone over, any woman over, not to offend anybody, okay. but any woman over 5'2", you know, to him wasn't attractive. So I always had a great self-esteem and sense of myself in my house. Right. And your dad was a very positive my guy. My dad was such a positive guy. He sounded guy. like a doll. Yeah. Yeah, so he was wonderful. Um, so I had a positive, very strong sense of myself inside of me. Yeah, but the outside world was very scary. Right, and um, so I learned to develop a real strong sense of myself. Mm-hmm. I also started dancing when I was very young. So mm-hmm. I taught kids yeah. in my basement. We had basements in Back East, right? Oh, so that that also ended up All lending of it. itself to what you do today. Exactly. I taught kids how to sing, dance, and act in my, oh my basement. Gosh, that is so cool. That, yeah. that was the beginnings. Yeah. Well, uh, and then you went on to in Hollywood be quite. Uh, an amazing child acting coach mm-hmm. uh, with a fantastic career working with kids on movie sets and television and commercials and whatnot. And uh, I know in your book you explored, um, you know, or, or talking about uh, working with some of the greats. You got to meet Elizabeth Taylor. That's about as big as it gets. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell and some others when you worked on the movie The Flintstones. Yes. And uh, just an amazing career and so who knew what left turn you were going to be taking huh we never we can never see it coming right yes but tell everybody a little bit about how and why you adopted your son and why you adopted him from russia okay well i was working on the flintstones and um, by the way, the day with Elizabeth Taylor was extraordinary. How I was, could it not be? How could it the, not my be? My very first day in L.A., <laughs> yeah. I saw her. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was oh. at a restaurant, and they she came in, and uh, yeah. you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. It was total silence. She yeah. was truly one of the most iconic old Hollywood stars. She was. And yeah. the day that she was there, everyone was really nervous, and we had to dress a certain way and conduct ourselves. And, yeah. and she, she was um, – I was a coach for – Pebbles and Bam Bam. Right, so it was right. a scene with Pebbles. And um, when she came to the set, everyone was very quiet, like you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and it's like the queen she, arrived. The queen has arrived, yeah. and she sat down, and I said, Miss Taylor, is, is this okay with you? I'm, I'm putting the child right here. And she says, oh, call me Liz. Oh, my gosh, did she really? And just broke the ice. And, and you was said one she of the, was great with the kids. Incredible and, with the kids. Oh, that's so, so nice. Yeah, so it was I'm on that set that. and being with Rosie O'Donnell on that set. She was amazing with the two, um, we had twins to play one role of Bam Bam. Uh-huh. and Because um, the schedule's too long for it to for be one, one child, one child right? when you're on, yeah. on your age, which is a whole, a whole thing. And... Um, and they had, I was the interpreter. First of all, they were from Iceland, so English was their second language. Also, they had some challenges with understanding because their hearing was a little challenged. So oh, I wow. was an interpreter, not only helping them to do what you know, needed to be done on a set, right. I also needed to get inside their world wow. and really see the the sets and the lights and the sounds and all these strange people from a four-year-old point of view. Right, and I think that's why you're so good with kids. When I see you work with them in the film yeah. and stuff it just seems like you know you really do get into their world yes yeah. and that was exactly it and, by getting into their world right exactly and it prepared me for what was to come was that to you come. didn't know was around the corner exactly so tell us about how and why you ended up in russia 
for well, your I was, adoption. I was on that set, and I had my second ectopic pregnancy when I was working there right. and learned that I was not able to give birth biologically. Wow. I always wanted to adopt anyway. Mm-hmm. I grieved that I couldn't give birth biologically, mm-hmm. but then I knew that my mission was to bring a child. My grandfather is Russian, mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring someone to, um, and he was an orphan in Russia. Your, your grandpa? My grandpa. Oh, so you so then you went and got an I orphan? I got an orphan in Russia. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. What yeah. a great story behind your adoption and yeah. your reason for it. That's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. And then look how it changed your life. So, oh my gosh! Well, I ended up getting Bam Bam. If the, the, the he yeah. looked just like Bam Bam, he had blonde, short hair, and um, beautiful brown eyes, and was this beautiful little boy. Um, as soon as I met him, we he ran into my arms. Oh. He was two years old, and oh. I knew he was my child. It's kind of love at first sight. It was love at first sight. Oh. I knew he was my son. So when we got home and to, to, to back to Los Angeles and he was opening and closing doors and staring at his hand for hours at a time and, and uh, banging his head, I just thought, well, he's been in an orphanage his whole life. Yeah. He just needs some time and some love some and love, yeah. he'll catch up and um, he didn't catch up. Right. And so uh, at what point did you realize that he had autism? After a couple months, or no, um, I was hear no evil, see no evil. Um, I didn't want to hear anything except this is my son, right? And so, and plus, this was twenty years ago. Yes, so we did so not. So little was known about. Very it. little was known. Right. One in fact, in, I didn't really know much about it till I read your book, saw your show, saw the film, and I've learned so much about it. So hmm. I, I'm glad you're educating people. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't know. What right. all I knew was that this was my son and I wanted to reach him. Right. And so, yeah. And so finally you took him to a doctor and got the diagnosis or? Well, what happened is I started to reach him by doing what I do with kids in the film business. Right. I joined his world. So if he would flap, I didn't know what that was, but I would just flap with him, yeah. and we'd be birds just flapping around together. That's so and, sweet. And you know, if he would spin in circles, we'd make it ring around the rosies, right? And play together, and we connected. And inside yourself, did you know it was autism, or you? No, didn't I didn't know, know from you didn't autism. Know what it was. No, no, no. I just knew that mm. I needed to connect with my child. Right. When he was three years and this old. This is really good because yeah. some people may not recognize it. You know, so it's good we're talking about that because. They might have these symptoms in their child and not recognize it, although it's more common today. I mean, back then it was like one in 10,000 children had this, right? And today, according to the documentary, I mean, it's one in 150. And what do you attribute that to? Catherine, it's one in 68. Oh, it's one in 68 now? Now it's been redone, one in 68. One in 68. And it it doesn't even really show up until like they're like two years old or something, right? Well, actually, there's a lot of different um, aspects of Mm -hmm. of autism. And some show in uh, children at very young ages. Um, They're able now to diagnose babies Mm -hmm. that are not responding in certain ways. And there's Uh all kinds of uh, clues and and, and uh, things that you can be looking for and milestones that you can be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why do you think there's this surge in it? Why is it one in 68? What, yeah. What's going on? Is it true that it could be the vaccines? Well, I'm not a scientist. So, right, so, so you don't I, want to say. I, well, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't have, what yeah. I know is that 
Um, it could be the toxicity in the environment. And Kristen Stills talks about it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in autism, the musical. You know, yes. is it the toxins in the environment? Right. Is it vaccines? Is it uh, foods? Is it genetic? And there's scientists, brilliant scientists out there mm-hmm. right now that are researching all of this. All, right. all I know and what my work is dedicated to is helping families find the best in their child right. and the best in themselves. And so once you had Neil and you were dealing with the autism, uh, what made you decide to start the Miracle Project to help other families mm. with kids with autism? Right. So um, I had Neil. I was able to reach him in ways that traditional therapists couldn't reach him. I found a doctor in Maryland, Dr. Stanley Greenspan, and a speech pathologist in Rhode Island, wow. uh, a Dr. Barry Prezant, who encouraged me to do what I was intuitively doing. And I was learning from the best experts. And since traditional therapists thought that I was crazy because I'm joining autism, right. I started training my actor, writer, musician friends how to join the autistic world now with knowledge and i created something called the seven keys to understand autism right which is your other book my other book yes yeah yeah. and um so i created a whole methodology to train people how to reach my son and by doing that we created this entire new way of being using music dance and drama Mm -hmm. to reach the so-called unreachable children. And what everyone discovered and what I've discovered with autism is that our kids, friends with autism, are some of the most extraordinary human beings on the planet. Wow. And that we think we're here to cure them, but it's not about that. Right. I feel that my son has cured me. Right. Of my need for normal. Right. Of my desire to fit in. Yes. Of looking at the world from his lens and his perspective. And And you mentioned teaching uh, patience and unconditional love and all of these wonderful traits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, exactly uh, it. Did someone recommend to you to start this? So I have had this theater I mean, program. Yeah. I've been working, you know, in, in the in the in Hollywood. I'd also had a, a program called Kids on Stage, oh. and one of the mothers um, who became a dear friend, Michelle Wolf, encouraged me. She said, "You know what you're doing at home with Neil and all your theater background. Why don't you start a theater program for kids?" With um, with disabilities, with autism and cerebral palsy, and and I'm like, you know, I'm not a professional in that field. I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. She said, I'll, I'll help you. Just write. I'll just write a grant. And I saw her. It was on a Monday. She started an um, organization called Hammer Cause, and um, we were at the Zimmer Children's Museum. And she said, you know, you really need to do this, Elaine. I said, I don't have time. On Tuesday. I uh, was in court and I lost all my child support and spousal support. I'd gone through a divorce and I was broke, really broke. And on Wednesday, I grieved. On Thursday, I called Michelle and I said, Michelle, what's that grant you were talking about? I'm going to write it. I I need a job. I need to work and I need to do something. And really, if you hadn't been pushed to that level, you probably wouldn't have done this. Uh, Unbelievable. I didn't have enough faith. Yeah. So I wrote the grant in literally 24 hours. It was due Friday. Wow. Um, Michelle looked it over. And this was the beginning of the Miracle Project. That was the beginning of the Miracle Project. Wow. And then HBO 
came a knocking and made a uh, documentary, which won Emmy Awards, yeah. called Autism the Musical. Yes. And it follows your story of how you created this theater group and how you put together song and dance to help heal these children with autism and and the journey is just amazing the thank the you. the film everybody should rent that i, I take you. it it's on amazon and, yeah you can yeah. get it on amazon yeah yes. Yes, autism yes, yes. musical it's very moving and mm. uh, amazing your journey like how you started off really not knowing where it was going to go and uh the amazing end results and uh uh and now, not only are are you doing that, but like I, I just saw your show you put on at the the Wallace in Beverly <laughs> Hills. I mean, does it get any bigger than that? And how wonderful! I mean, and it was. I didn't know what I was going to see. Honestly, I was just really open minded, and I thought, oh, this is wonderful. And uh, it was so moving. It brought us to tears. It was uh, it, to see those kids shine and happy and. Uh, in a zone that they otherwise could never be in if you didn't bring that song and dance into their lives. Uh, it, it's really amazing how music is so healing. Yes, music yeah. is healing. And to it's, all people. Exactly. And it's to a great equalizer because all of our classes, when I created the Miracle Project, I didn't want a program for kids with autism. Mm. I wanted to build a community. I wanted to build a community where everyone belongs. And that's theater. We're all quirky in theater. Mm -hmm. So there isn't any judgment of who has a disability, who doesn't have a disability. Right. It's really we're about all just people. We're, we're all, all just one. people. We're all one. Exactly. And, yeah. and like, I mean, love our, is love. Love is love. Mm -hmm. And like what you mentioned, I mean, because of the film, uh, I've had kids um, and teens and young adults perform at the United Nations. Wow. That's awesome. I have a student, Spencer, and I can use her name because Spencer, she, her, her mom is very proud of who, who she is. And she came to our classes. And in the beginning, she cried and rolled on the floor and was very withdrawn with tremendous anxiety. Is she the singer? And yep. Oh, beautiful singer. She's now, yes. as she says, opera came out of her throat. Oh. She's now an opera singer. Oh She's performed gosh. on stage at the Pantages Theater oh my with Jack Black and Stephen Stills oh and Neil my Young. Oh my, my son, nonverbal autistic, presented at the United Nations. Wow. Using his iPad, praise be Steve Jobs, because it's given him a voice. He presents all, all over the country. And um, we have... Um, how, how old is your son now? He's 22. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Spencer, I took her to China with me. And she... Um, really? Yeah, yeah. So you travel all over the world with this message now. Yes. That music is a healer. And yes. these kids can sing and dance. And I think people... When I saw uh, the film, it kind of looked like at your first meeting that the parents were very skeptical. Yes. You know. And I do see... I know you have you know, a real mix of people in your initial group. And uh, this can hit any family, celebrity or otherwise. You know, uh, this is... This is it doesn't uh, see any boundaries. It's like uh, uh, autistic children are everywhere in the world, every country, every yes. type of family. And yes. but you, uh, like you say, you bring everybody together to see that uh, 
you know, uh, it's something that um, we all need to come together and embrace yes. and uh, cherish. Well, that's it. Um, yeah. My friends and my students and my son with autism, to me, they're the most authentic, pure, beautiful spirits that I've ever had the privilege to be around. Yeah. And it's taken my journey with them to help them create an environment mm -hmm. where they can shine. Right. And that's really what the Miracle Project. And we just did a play, the show that you saw, The Intimidation Game, which is an anti-bullying play. And I love that. And that they shared because... Um, because eighty percent, eighty percent of our kids get bullied. Right. Co you know, overt bullying. Right. But then there's the covert bullying. There's the bullying that yes. they receive. People talking about them as if they're not there. And we have a song called "Invisible." Oh yes, um, people, it's beautiful. The yeah. soundtrack of this uh, f this play is yes. amazing. And we're going to make the play. The play is now going to be available. Oh. Uh, to um, we have the sheet music and the script and CDs so that people can actually put on this play mm -hmm. any in any school. I'm so and excited we want, about that. We're raising the funds to yes. be able to, to create a whole touring company yes. and the Miracle Project as well. Right. And this summer we had Broadway performers Oh my gosh! Working with our students, we had um, wow. yeah, we had Nicole Parker who played Elphaba on Broadway came and um, sang Defying Gravity oh, wow. with our students. And that's what's so great about being at the Wallace. Uh, in the fall, we've started an, or, a, a liaison with Brown University through the Daniel Jordan Fiddle Foundation and starting wow. an adult program where we're going to be training people how to uh, work with adults creatively with autism. And then I'm starting to consult and train other organizations how to create the Miracle Project. Oh my gosh, I love that. And yeah. it's the miracleproject.org. I yes. know we have it on the screen. Yes, yes. If people want to either volunteer yes. or get their children involved in it, yes. or if they want to donate, because let's face exactly. it, uh, it needs funding. Uh, any great project does. Yes. And that's a great way for people to give back and make a difference is to get behind a wonderful program Thank like you. this. And um, I know you're trying to get this in schools around the country. Yes. And so that's the word we want to spread too to people that, um, well, any school, uh, but if they're a principal or a counselor or involved with any schools anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, right. uh, they can learn through the Miracle Project how to put on these programs in their schools. In their schools, exactly. And I love the message of the uh, intimidation game about the, uh, why, why children shouldn't bully each other. But what I love is um, that I think if this is – shown in the schools it will help children understand why not why they shouldn't bully these children or any children it's well, a wonderful exactly message. it's not about autism and that's right. what we have a song you know it's called me too and it's not about autism it's really people have to be able to love themselves enough to be able to be open and compassion to others. And yes. We had a student in the audience who had been bullied his entire life. And we performed the intimidation game at the Wallace for 140 middle schoolers. And one student wrote us a four-page letter on how he had been bullied and felt left out, and this was the first time he heard his voice. We had bullies write us letters saying, I bully people because I don't like myself, 
and your play showed me that there's a different way because we have a bully in the play you saw yes and we really don't just say oh stop bullying because it's not about stop bullying right it's about people really loving themselves honoring themselves right. and it's about the um those who aren't bullied yeah the bystanders right being part of a group yes. and helping others to stop so it. that to stop so that the, right. the, the, the child or the the teen or the young adult is yeah. not alone. There's a song that says, uh, um, I, uh, I want to love myself so I can love you, something like that. You yeah. know? So yeah. they have to love themselves first so that right. they can love other people. Right. And that's yeah. the message of my training, my seven keys to um, unlock and understand autism mm -hmm. that I'm now training people all over the world is not about how to cure autism. Right. It's about the person who's in the presence of someone with autism right. being able to accept their own self, to center, to be calm, to be present, so that a person with autism can reveal their truth mm -hmm. without judgment, without people right. looking at them like they're weird or strange, right. but so that we can just be two humans on the planet and right. learn from each other. And that's really the mission. And I started the show off saying so many times people's challenges are what their life's purpose is. Yes. And that certainly is the case for you. Yes. I mean, who, you know, I'm sure when you were, uh, you know, coaching kids and growing up and being in Hollywood, everything, you weren't thinking in a million years that this is what you'd be doing, but what a beautiful difference you're making in the world. Thank you. For these children, the people that have these children, and for the world at large, just having the message that love is the healer. Love is the healer. Thank you so much, Elaine. Oh, Keep thank doing you. your wonderful work, and thank, thank you for you. being here today. And everyone, be sure to visit themiracleproject.org so that you can become a part of that. And please follow our shows every week here on UBN, and follow us on 360 Karma Women on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, just make it a great week. Be sure to give back, pay it forward. <laughs> Hugs and happiness. Do you want to have more passion and purpose in your day-to-day? -day? Are you yearning to ignite your power within? Now, more than ever, the world needs women who dream big, inspire others, and are living their greater purpose. There's never been a better time to up your game and make your success happen now. Contact Danny Rukin for a complimentary consultation and find out more about how you can become more effective, energized, and empowered while making a difference in doing what you love. Go to www.dannyrukin.com. The Live Love Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of Downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. The Live Love Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. 